0: Thanks for listening to our Faith Church Podcast. Let's listen to today's message. Listen, guys, I am so thrilled to be preaching this morning. Um, I'm just finding out how much of a love I have to talk about giving. Oh my goodness, giving is absolutely amazing. If you didn't get a chance to listen to Pastor Steve's message last week, Grace to Give, uh, make sure you go back, watch it on YouTube. It definitely has some fundamental things that I think would be very encouraging for you. And today I'm gonna also share some things. Uh, Today I'm gonna title my sermon, Only the Best. Only the Best. All right, and I, uh, we're, this is our First Fruit series where we're uh, encouraging everyone to partake in giving the Lord a first fruit offering, and we'll talk a little bit more about that as I dive into the Word, but last week, Pastor Steve shared something that the Lord was uh, speaking to me, dealing with me about, and it just, just jumped out on the page, jumped out on my heart to talk about giving and what is correlated to giving. And there's this word that I don't think people really understand or associate giving with, but it's absolutely connected to this word. And the word is trust. When you think about giving, the word that's associated with our giving is trust. Now, a lot of people don't think about that. They're, they're like, what do you mean by trust? What are you saying, Pastor Rob, uh, when you say giving? How does that connect with trust? Well, let me, let me put it like this. I'll give you a series of examples. Is that okay? All right. So, say you're hungry one day. You're starving. You're in you're your lunch break, and you say you want to go to Chick-fil-A. You pull up to Chick-fil-A. You see that menu, start ordering off what you want. Can I get an amen? I'm sorry you can't go today, so I'm teasing you. But anyways, you you see what you want. You go. You place an order. You pull up to the drive-thru window, and you give them your credit card or your cash, and then what do you expect in return? You're expecting some food, right? You're expecting them to give you your food. You're trusting that if they take that money that you worked so hard for that they're going to bring out some hot, cooked Well put together food. Can I get an amen? Amen. All right. So some of you might be at home and you like to stroll on uh, Amazon. Oh, that's foreign to some people, huh? Oh, I'm calling you out today. The Holy Spirit. No, let me stop. (laughs) You're on Amazon and you're scrolling through and you see a product or something that you like, something that you need in your life. And what do you do? You add it to your cart, and as you're contemplating whether or not you're going to get it, you finally decide to pull the trigger, and you say, buy now, and you, the, you use your credit card that is associated with it, and you pay somebody on Amazon, and then two days later, what? He rose again. No. Amazon <laughs> drops off a package at your front door, and you're good to go. You trust that when you give Amazon your money, that that package is going to be at the door. Let me take it another step further. Some of you like to invest your finances. Can I get an amen? You put money in places where you're gonna get a return on investment. You don't put money in place where you know you're gonna lose money. Oh, I'm gonna talk over this side, cause this side. <laughs> you put money in places where you know you're gonna get a return on your investment. Can I? So, so you don't just, you trust that whatever you put your money in, it is going to produce something more than what it already was at the beginning. There's just, you just, there's a trust that is associated with whatever you give. If you give to an organization like the Open Door Mission or the Red Cross or some humanitarian organization, you trust that when you give them finances, that the money that you give is going to be a blessing to somebody and help somebody that's in need. Can I get an amen? So when we, give, when we have money, whatever we do with that money, we show what we trust in. Whether you take your money and put it underneath your bed, you trust that that bed is going to hold that money and keep it safe. <laughs> or whether you go out and be a blessing to other people and pour into the kingdom of God, you're going to show where your heart is. You're going to show where your heart is because of where you place your money. Your money directly correlates to what you trust and what you love. Our heart should always be to give God our first and our best. God should always be first, and it is a form of honor and acknowledgement. And sometimes uh, people get funny when you start talking about money, I'm talking about money right now. People just like getting a little tighter and moving. <laughs> you know, you start, start thinking about some stuff. But people get funny when you start talking about money because it's, it's a, dare I say, it's a very intimate thing. It's a very personal thing. It can be very private. Some of us can do very well with money. Some of us can struggle with money. It's just a very personal thing. And the, and, and the enemy can use that against you and god can use it to bless you it all depends on what your viewpoint is about money and when you understand that when you tie money to trust who are you trusting do you trust amazon more than you trust the lord come on somebody do you trust nike more than you trust the lord buying them latest drops do you trust the news more than you trust the lord We have to understand that when we give, we are associating a form of trust. And so as I was praying and preparing for this, I was asking the Lord, okay, God, what would you like me to share with your people? And and I like to go back to the beginning where stuff starts. It's always interesting to me to see, okay, where is like the first instance where we see an offering or some kind of sacrifice or where there was giving? Um, I, I believe the first give, giving instant is When God breathed the breath of life into man, he gave us life, first of all. He gave us life. But let me, I want to talk about this opportunity where man gave to God. And so if you could, uh, you have your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter 4, and I'm going to read a couple um, verses from this passage. Genesis chapter 4, verse 2. Says later she gave birth to his mother. uh, Later she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. We're talking about Cain and Abel here. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some, everybody say some, of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best, everybody say the best. Portions of the firstborn lambs of his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry, the Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at a door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. Wow. There's a lot that happened in this passage of Scripture. See, Cain, his occupation, his calling, his job was that he worked in the fields. He cultivated the land. He was like a farmer. He he created and grew uh, produce and... Abel, his job, he was a shepherd. Uh, He took care of the animals and he uh, raised them and and caused them to grow. And this is what their job was. And one day they were going to give God a gift. And the Bible said that Cain, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. The Bible just said some. Just some of his crops. He just put something together and offered it to the Lord. And then the Bible also says that Abel got the best portions of the firstborn lambs of his flocks. And he presented that to the Lord. See, the Bible is very clear at this. It notes that Abel gave God his best while Cain just gave God some. And I like to for us to understand that we as human beings are emotional. Now, some more than others, don't look at nobody, just stay looking at me. <laughs> some more than others, but we as human beings are emotional. We feel we feel different things. We feel happy. We feel joyful. We feel sad. We cry. We laugh. We get angry. We get mad. So we have this extreme range of motion, And I want you to know that the Creator of human being and mankind has emotions too. You read the Bible and you understand the characteristics of God. He has emo- He He has emotions. He expresses how he feels. So let me do it like this, how would you feel if somebody got a gift for you and they just brought some stuff that they just found and that wasn't even good quality? I mean, have you ever gotten a gift that you knew was like, they re-gifted this gift? (laughs) I mean, it seems like the dust was older than the gift itself that was on it. They didn't even bother clean it up. You know, it still has a tag on it from 1999. You know, they had it in their basement. It's like, have you ever received a gift that wasn't packaged nicely? Have you ever received a gift that you're like, why would you even think to give this to me? Like, I don't like this at all. I make a joke, I, I, if somebody invited me over to dinner and they, all they had was peas, I would be mad. <laughs> we might fight. <laughs> yeah, do you know me at all? That's, that's you know, so, so if we can get, as human beings, we can get upset if someone gives us a bad gift. How bad do you think this gift was where God had to say, I can't even accept this? I mean, Cain gave him a gift that God was like, Cain, I can't even, I can't even take this. Try this again. You did this, this. But when Abel came around and gave him the gift, Abel settled in his heart that he was going to give God his best. Not only did he give God his best, he gave God his first. And remember, giving is a form of trust. He was saying that, God, I trust you with my flocks. I'm giving you the best and the first because I trust you. I put you first, God. And God loved this gift. He, he loved gift, his gift. He accepted Abel. He was well-pleased. But Cain's gift, whew, Cain gave some, and God did not receive it. And, you know, the, the wonderful thing about God is he is a loving God, he wasn't, he, I don't think he was mad necessarily at Cain. I think he was disappointed, but he also gave Cain a second chance. If you read carefully, he says, Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. So all he was saying is, Hey, if you go back and, and do it right, I will accept you. I will accept your gift. Don't be upset. Don't be angry. But right now, you look dejected and angry, and if you keep doing that, you're going to allow sin to come in. And sin is crouching at the door waiting for you to be mad and angry so you can do something that is sinful. And sure enough, guess what happens? Cain kills Abel. Cain never got it right. Cain didn't go back and say, well, let me go into my storehouse and see if I got some good fruit to give to God that's the best fruit. No, he just went off somewhere. He was probably cussing and being mad and angry or something, and then he devised a plan, and he ended up killing his brother because he chose not to follow the command of the Lord. And God, so gracious and so loving, gave him an opportunity to change that around. So this is the first instance where you see man giving God an offering. And you see two sides of the spectrum. One side where someone was really loving God, giving their best, giving him the first, and then somebody that just gave God some. And how often is that like the church? You know, there's some people that love God, they give God their best, they give some, God their all, give God their first. And then there's some people that just give God some. There's some that don't give God none. And we put our trust in ourselves in our money and our job and what we can do. But that's not how God called us to live. God wants us to be able to give. You know, we talk about tithes. Tithes is ten uh, percent of whatever income that we get. I'm gonna dig into that a little bit in a little bit, but let me let me take you to another scripture, which I know many of you know, and I pray that you hear it in a different light today. It is Proverbs chapter three, verses one. Uh, starting at verse one, okay, and I'm gonna read this scripture, and let listen to see if you see hear anything that. Reminds you of the story of Cain and Abel that we just read. My child, never forget these things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people and you will earn a good reputation. I'm going to stop right there for a moment. Listen, the Bible says that when you store the commands of the Lord in your heart, you will live many years, and you will have a satisfying life. How many of us want to live many years and have a satisfying life? Everybody wants to do that. I don't know anybody that doesn't want to live a satisfying life and live a long life. Okay, let me ask you like this. How many of you want to live a miserable short life? With no hands jumping up for that one. So when you follow the commands of the Lord, when you store them in your heart, you're positioning yourself to have a long life and a satisfying life. And then it names these two qualities. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Now, loyalty is the ability to stay loyal to someone, to stay faithful. For example, if you're married, staying loyal to your spouse is a good thing. If you're not loyal to your spouse, it's a bad thing. Let me just let you know. It's not a good thing if you're not loyal to your spouse. Loyalty is showing dedication, showing that you are a part of something. When we are loyal to the kingdom of God, when we are loyal to the word of God, that that means that we don't go to other places trying to pledge our allegiance. We are loyal to our God. Can I get an amen? Amen. Not only that, we have kindness when we are kind, when we love people, when we are blessing to people, when we're planning on doing right and what's good. When you have loyalty and kindness, the Bible says you will have favor from God and man. How many of us could use favor from God and man? God can give us favor from God and man, and we can earn a good reputation. Notice how it says earn. You got to earn it. So it's going to take some time to earn that good reputation, but God can give you favor with God and with man, you say, "Well, what's the importance of the good favor? Wouldn't you want to have favor with your boss, especially when it's time for them to give promotions and bonuses? How many I want favor then? <laughs> you know, how many of you want favor when you I, j- just want favor on your life? You know, when you go into a place, you just get favor. I can't tell you, I I have favor in my life." I can, I'm telling you, it's just what it is. I have favor in my life. I can walk into a place and get blessed with something, and people be like, well, how did that happen? I don't know, but God gave it to me, so I have favor. When you walk with, uh, when you have loyalty and you have kindness, God will give you favor. You want to have favor with God? When you pray, God answers, God moves. And then when you're dealing with people, you have favor with people because we need people in this world. Can I get an Amen. But let me keep going in this story. Remember Cain and Abel, okay? Then it goes on to say this very familiar scripture Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Does that sound familiar? Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best. Everybody say best. Part of everything you produce. That sound familiar? Then he will fill your barns with grains. Let me interpret that. Your bank account. And your vats will overflow with good wine. My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline. Does that sound familiar? And don't be upset when he corrects you. Hmm. For the Lord corrects those he loves. Just as a father corrects his child in whom he delights. Joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding. For wisdom is more profitable than silver and her wages are better than gold. Now, when you look at this scripture and you remember the story of Cain and Abel, there are some things that stands out to me. I don't know if you caught it, but hopefully you will. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Remember how I mentioned when you give, you are trusting. You're trusting. So when you give to the Lord, you're trusting him. Do not depend on your own understanding. Sometimes God will ask you to give and do something that does not make sense, but we have to learn how to trust God. Because he shows us with pathway where we're supposed to go. So maybe you're at a crossroad in a decision that you have to make in life. If you trust the Lord, and for some people, I'm going to talk about this too, sometimes you can sow giving in a way to ask the Lord guidance for certain situations. I know that just went over. Some people said, they're like, what in the world? Do you know that in your life, there can be seasons when you give, and God can give you answers for certain things. He can give you direction. He can give you a a breakthrough. He can open a door that seemed to be shut for many years and years and years. But God opens it up because you sowed trusting the Lord. Uh, uh, Are y'all getting this? Uh, Lord. Then it talks about don't be oppressed with your own wisdom. For the fear of the uh, fear of the Lord, instead fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And then you know he goes on to honor the Lord with your wealth, and with the best part of everything you produce. That reminds me of Abel. He honored the Lord with his wealth and the best parts of that he that he produced. And it, it goes on to say that when you honor the Lord with your wealth and your best parts. Um, Your barns will be filled with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. When you give unto the Lord, God will supernaturally meet all your needs. You won't lack for anything. There is a benefit for giving to our God. God supplies your need. Not only just your needs, but he supplies you with more than enough so that you can be a blessing to other people. I don't want to be, I don't want to just have enough. Anybody agree with that? I don't want to live a life where they say, well, Pastor Rob, he always just had enough. He just had enough for his family. He just had enough to get on by. He just, he he, he never gave nothing to nobody, but he just had enough. (laughs) Birthdays and anniversaries and different things, he just said, bless you, and he just had enough. No, that's not how I want to leave this earth. I want to be left, I want to leave this earth, and they, I want to hear people say, he was a giver. He blessed me with this. When we were down, we needed that. I, this is how God, this is how I would want God to use me. And so you see that honoring your, the Lord, when you trust the Lord with your wealth, it brings about blessing. But then it goes on to the next part, this next verse that reminds me so much of Cain. And it says, my child, don't reject the Lord's discipline. Why in the world would that be connected the next sentence after that verse? You're talking about wealth. You're talking about your vats being overflowing with good wine and and your your storehouse be filled with grain. And the next thing is, don't reject the Lord's discipline. You want to know why? Because God will speak to us and correct us about what we do with our money. He will speak to us and correct us about what we do with our money. And then it goes on to say uh, uh, that if you, uh, don't be upset when he corrects you, for the Lord corrects those that he loves. That when God speaks to us, and especially in the areas of our finances, which is so personal, which is so intimate, God is showing how much he loves you. And when God is saying, hey, 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 what are you doing with that money over there? It's not you know, you could be using this for the kingdom. Why don't you give this? He is giving us an opportunity to receive correction and know that he loves us. He corrects us because he loves us. Can I get a better amen? amen. And when we do that, we find joy and we receive wisdom and gain understanding. The commands of the Lord are clear. We have to to hide them in our hearts. We have to trust the Lord with our finances. He is the one who shows us which path to take. So we have to seek him in everything that we do. Abel trusted God and offered his best. Cain was disciplined and chose not to follow the Lord's direction. In Matthew chapter six, verse nineteen, it says, "Don't store up treasures here on earth, where moth eat them and the rust destroys them, and where the thieves break in to steal them. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Wherever you put your money, whatever you trust, that's where your heart is going to be. You know, I can have conversations with people." that I'd never met before, and within a couple minutes, I can tell where their treasure is. You know, some of the younger generation, they're sneakerheads. They know when the latest sneaker's are gonna drop out. They will spend hundreds of dollars on sneakers. But if you ask them if they tie, they'll be like, what? You know, some, some women, I'm not gonna say all, but some women have a lot of shoes. Shoes on shoes on shoes. You know, they get a paycheck. They going to go get some shoes. Some guys, they got a lot of tools. Tools on tools on tools. (laughs) I'm playing it even with ladies. See, they got a lot of stuff. You can go in the garage, and they not use a half of it, but they got it. (laughs) You know, some people, they love Sports. They got posters and jerseys and souvenirs and big fingers and all this kind of stuff, tickets, pay stubs, uh, ticket stubs from the games that they went to. You can talk to somebody and see where they spend their money, and you can find out where their heart is at. You can find out like that real quick where their heart is at. You can also talk to someone and see that they give to the, they may not boast about it, but they give for missions trips. They sow into the kingdom of God. They sow into the school and they may never speak about it, but that's where they treasure. They treasure the work of God. And because they do that, there's a blessing that's upon their lives. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have hobbies or like different things, but what I am saying, it should never be first. And you should never give your best. For that, God should always be first and He should always get the best. Can I get an amen? Amen. Everything else will fall into His proper place. But we have to put God first. You know, when I was younger, I was in my college age years, I felt that the Lord was speaking to me and He was telling me to give everything that I had as far as money. So, mind you, I said college. So I was broke. Anyways, (laughs) so I went to my room. I I think I had like a container full with some change. I counted the change, rolled it up. Um, I I had a bank account somewhere, and I went to the bank account to go see. I said, How much money do I have in there? It's like $5. I was like, okay, I'll take the $5. Embarrassing the same. And they're just like, um, do you want to keep the account open? It hasn't really been active. I said, you, you can close it. <laughs> they closed the account. I took my five measly dollars and I got my change and I had some cash somewhere else. By the, by the end of it, I had $20 to my name. I was broke, y'all. $20. And I said, okay, Lord, here's all, I got all the money. What would you like me to do? And at that time, the church um, was getting ready. There were some people at the church that were getting ready to go on a mission trip. I believe it was to Brazil. And so the Lord said, I want you to take this money. I want you to, to sow it. You can give it to such and such person. I don't even remember. And uh, do it anonymous, anonymously. And I, I, I gave my, my little $20. And I was like, all right, God, I trust you. You know, whatever you want to do, great. So... Several months have passed, and there was another opportunity to go on a mission trip, and I was invited to go on this mission trip, and it cost a good amount of money. Well, can I tell you that someone blessed me with $2,000 to cover the cost, the full cost of my mission trip. Now, when you talk about a hundredfold blessing, I sold $20.00 and you got $2,000. I sold for somebody's mission. I don't know why God told me about a mission trip, but for whatever reason, God knew I was gonna go on a mission trip in the future. So he was telling me, sow this seed now so that you can reap it in their proper time. Woo. So I sold my little $20, and then when the proper time came, it wasn't even a question of whether or not God was making a way for me to go. He just provided all the money that I needed because I sold that seed by faith. And that was for $20. And that was a one-time offering that I did in that particular instant, and God just changed it all around and worked it out for my good. See, God will bless you when you sow seed, when you follow his command. Here's where the blessing lies, when you follow the command of the Lord. And we often, every year, we offer a time for us to be open to receive the command of the Lord when it comes to giving our first fruit. To say, God, what is it that you would want me to give? How do you want me to show my trust and love in putting you first in my life? What is it that you want me to do? And so we we create time for us to really go before the Lord and say, God, here is me. Have what you want. You know, last year, Uh, This is while my wife was pregnant with our third child. Somebody reached out to me and said, hey, you know, the Lord put upon my heart to buy you guys some groceries. And I was like, great, awesome. And so I was like, thank you very much. Hey, God bless you. So we met at the grocery store. They took care of the groceries. It even worked out so that something happened. They had got some extra money, and they gave me the extra money that came from the groceries. I was like, well, thank you, Jesus. You know, that was awesome. I was, I was happy about that. And then, you know, it just went, time went on. Uh, several months have passed. And I run into the same person at the same grocery store. And I said, hi, how are you doing? Doing great. And so we just went our way. And we just sort of randomly kept seeing each other. You know how that is when you're in a grocery store. You just randomly still see each other in the store. And so I had purchased what I needed and was getting ready to leave the building. And I was going to the parking lot. And this person was like, Pastor Rob, Pastor Rob, can you stop for a second? I just want to share a testimony if you don't mind. I was like, sure, share the testimony. They said, well, I just want to let you know, when, when we gave and sold into your guys' life, we didn't tell anybody about this. But at that time, one of my children was really, really struggling. They were about to be evicted. They were, didn't have the finances that they needed, and there was a lot of chaos going on in the house. And the Lord told me to do this to bless your family. And within a week, everything completely changed around for my child. They got their house and situated taken care of. The finances were in a better place. There was more peace. God had changed that all around, and she recognized that it, was, it, it had to do with her seed. Some of us need to understand that our seed, our, our key to our breakthrough is through our seed. Now, a lot of us can praise God till, till your shoes fall off. A lot of us can pray until our knees are hurting. Some of us can fast until we pass out. But when it comes to giving, it's almost like, ooh. But do you know there's The combination of those things are the key to breakthrough in your life? that some things won't happen until you sow a seed. Some things are not going to come to pass until you sow a seed. And when you sow that seed by faith, you're just waving God down saying, hey, God, I trust you. I know that you're going to take care of this, and whatever it is that you want to bless us with, we're going to receive it. When you give that seed, you're signaling to God that I trust you. And it's not about the size. It could be big, it could be small, but what it needs to be is what the Lord tells you. Whatever the command of the Lord is. And you know, there are times where God asks you, what do you want to get? What kind of blessing do you want? If you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. If you sow uh, 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 generously, you're going to reap generously. So he gives us an opportunity to determine what kind of harvest we want in our lives. What kind of harvest do you want in your life? What kind of seed would it take to get the breakthrough that you need in your life? I can tell you that I have seen the hand of God move time after time after time again on my family's life. Me and my wife, when we have any kind of big decisions that we have to make, Somewhere, somehow, we sow a seed along with that. When it came to having children, we sow the seed. When it came to finding a house, we sow a seed. When it came to finding a vehicle, we sow a seed. When it came to find, to get rid of some debt, we sowed a seed. When it came to some major critical points in our lives, we said, God, what of ours do you want? And you can have it. And you do what you want, but Lord, I'm attaching my faith that you're going to do this. And you're probably like, well, how is that biblical or how does that make sense? Listen, you give your money an assignment every single day. You assign your money to something every single day. You, If you're hungry, you assign it to McDonald's. You thirsty, you assign that money to Starbucks. Starbucks better give you your coffee. You want lights on in your house, you make sure that money is assigned to RG&E. You want to make sure you have some kind of money when you retire, you assign it to your investment plan, for retirement plan. So we send money on assignment every day. But when it comes to the thing of, things of God, we sit there, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I, you know, I'm just going to give. They said they were doing the offering, so I might as well give some. And you don't ever get what you really could get because you're in this mindset of some and you're not assigning something. But I promise you, as I'm standing before you, we sent some assignments out and the Lord has short enough come through on, his, on the assignments that were sent. Because we gave in faith because we trust our God. He will take care of his children. What assignment are you giving your finances what assignment are you atta- you're tying your faith to when you're giving? Now, the Bible says that we ought to give God our tithes. And I want to I jump into this last portion of Scripture in Malachi chapter 3, starting at verse 6. Uh, it's one of my favorite scriptures when it comes to giving. It says this, I am the Lord, and I do not change. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's army. But you ask, how can we return when we have never gone away? Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? Where did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tides in offerings due to me. You are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take you in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from the insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Woo! That is a mouthful there, but God was trying to tell something to his people. He said... how you've been sitting here robbing me, and they're like, how in the world have we robbed you? When did we leave you? And then he's sitting there saying, you robbed me from my tithes and offerings that are due to me. You've been giving yourself to other things and other people, but you have forgotten to honor me with your tithes. And now tithes is 10% of whatever you get, your gross income, okay? Not your net. Let me make that clear. Your gross income, that's before Uncle Sam come and take his cut. When you tithe off of your net, you're saying, well, I'm going to put Uncle Sam first, and then the Lord can get the other 10% of whatever is left over. Y'all hear what I'm saying? I'm just trying to teach y'all a little something. I'm just... So you give your 10% to God, and God is like, you robbed me, you robbed me from my tithes and offering. And he says, Give. He said, this is one of the times in the Bible where the Lord challenges. It's like a dare. He's like, try me. The Bible says, put me to the test and see what I will do. There is something that happens when we decide to give our tithes. And I'm going to jump to tithes for a moment because offering is something that's above a tithe. All right? So you can give an offering, but if your tithing situation is not set, you are missing out on some stuff. Let me explain, because as I read this, the Holy Spirit was showing me even more understanding behind why giving tithes is important. When you give your tithes, it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. And I would like to say, and it says the storehouse, so that there will be enough food in my temple. And the storehouse for this day and age is the church. And the food is the ministry that is provided in church. Now, if you consider faith church your, your home church, this is the church you should be paying tithes to. Oh, I'm getting real practical right now. Now, I don't know what church you'd be watching online and other places that you think is going to be helping you. But when you're in a time of trouble and you need somebody to come and help you out, what church do you go to? Whoever, wherever you come, consider your church home, that should be your storehouse. And that is the place where you should be giving your tithes and offerings. Don't be giving your tithes and offerings to other places and then come eat in here thinking that it's okay and you not even partaking in blessing of, of, of filling up this storehouse. I don't know who needed to hear that, but I need you to grab something. Because Joel Osteen ain't coming to do your, your Nana's funeral. Michael C- Todd ain't coming to do your wedding ceremony. So, I'm, I'm trying to tell you, the storehouse, your church, the body of Christ, where you go, where you get fed, where you get filled with the Spirit of God, where you get teaching and knowledge and understanding, that is where the tithes belong. When you give to faith church, it's used to feed so many people. So many people. I'm telling you how many people in ministries we have around the world that we're supporting every month. We're sending checks. We're sending resources of people to be a blessing. When you give your tithes, it allows the church to do more. And when you say, well, I don't think the church really needs my, my, my tithes, you're, you're causing someone not to be able to receive the gospel and the word of God like they could receive if you decided to sow and give your tithes to the storehouse. Can I get an amen? amen? Lord, help somebody today. So you bring your ties to the storehouse. He says, Try me, put me to the test. And the Bible says, your crops will be abundant. You see, if I would not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there would not be enough room for you to receive it. I like that kind of blessing. Lord, please let that happen to my bank account today. They'd be like, sir, you have to open up another account. This is, you just reached your limit. <laughs> there, when you give your tithes, you position yourself for an overflowing blessing. Then the Bible says some very interesting things In the the next verse, where it says, your crops will be, be abundant, for I will guard them from the insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe. And you're like, wow, what does all that mean? Let me explain something. Your crops, meaning what you own. Well, God has blessed you with to, to taking like your home, your, your car, your investments, your, your family, what the, your, the things that you own, your crops will be abundant. There will be more than enough. Then the Bible says God will protect your crops, your possessions. When you give your tithes and your offering, you're asking the Lord to bless everything that you own. God will protect you from the insects, which is interesting because insects come to eat up the crops. It is an outside force. So what happens is when you give your tithes, you're allowing the hand of God to be upon your possessions so that nothing from the outside can come in and eat it up and take it out. No insect, no, no, not even COVID can come in and wrap, wipe out your stuff. The, it, the, the hand of God is over your stuff and protects you. You know, my my wife and I. Um, sometimes there will be this occasion where some, for some reason, the garage door does not shut or did not shut because somebody forgot to do it, and I'm not going to name names. <laughs> me, me, yeah, I'll just say me. And the, the garage door would be open. And sometimes the garage door would be open all night. And, I don't, and we have stuff in, We have a whole bunch of stuff in our garage. And it would be up open all night. And I would wake up in the morning, get ready, go to work. And I'd be like, what in the world? Cold air, snow drifting into there. But let me tell you something. Not one thing was ever out of place. Not one thing was stolen. Not even, the wind didn't even knock anything over. I look at my wife and I say, whew, we must have put our angels to work last night. The angels are standing there blocking everything. So, I say that to say, in a, in a world where people just will walk into your house and steal stuff, the hand of God will protect your stuff, even if you make an innocent mistake. It's not like we were planning on doing it, it just happened. And guess what? The hand of God protected our stuff from the insects, them thieves. Some of us, the hand of God protected your job during COVID. You wasn't out here lacking for anything. You actually got bonuses and raises and the extra money that came inside the mail, and you had all this kind of stuff because you were givers. You gave your tithes. You gave your offerings, and God sustained you. Some of you, you gave your tithes and your offerings, and you may have lost your job, but God gave you more money than when you weren't working than when you were working. And then God opened up another opportunity for you to be blessed and sustain you because you chose to give. When you give to the Lord, there is a hand of protection that comes upon your life. It's supernatural. I'm I'm trying to explain it to you, but I can only tell you from what I've seen, the hand of God literally has been over Faith Church. Faith Church is a church that gives. Let me tell you that. Faith Church is a church that gives, and because we give, we're still standing here today. I can't tell you how many churches have shut their doors because people have stopped giving, they stopped coming, they stopped believing, they stopped reading the Word of God, and they just go away. But Faith Church has decided to stand, to give, and to be a blessing, even if it's dark outside. Come on, somebody. Not only does God protect us from the insect, God protects us from disease. For, so from things that are trying to happen from the inside out. So one section, God protects you from what's trying to come in. And God is also, in another side, trying to protect you from what's trying to come from within. Do you know that some people are walking in divine health because they have chosen to give God their tithes? Do you know that some people caught COVID and it just felt like it was just the sniffles where other people were dying because they had COVID? there's There's a protection that comes in that even when disease tries to take over, because you have given your tithes and your offering, there's a hand of protection that rests over your life. Do you know that when you give, it can give you supernatural strength and and cause things to last longer than they normally would? When you give your tithes, when you purchase things, they don't break down right away. Some of y'all got stuff that's still working from the 1980s. It's only the hand of God. (laughs) Y'all know what I'm talking about got that same car in the garage, and it's boom, 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 turns on. God will keep your stuff. The other day I was driving, I was, I was, I was sharing a testimony. The choir asked me what, what my testimony was for that week. And I said, you know what? I had been driving, I had filled my car up all the way up, and I had been driving for a couple of days, and I didn't see the, the needle move. I didn't see the needle move. And I was like, was well, either a blessing or my car is broke. And <laughs> I'm gonna go with blessing. I'm just gonna keep riding a couple of days and see if this needle moves. And sure enough, the next day it started to move a little bit. I was like, whoo! God, you extended that. You extended my gas for at least two, three, four days, honestly. When you give, God will supernaturally prolong and keep your stuff. Oh, Jesus. People think that people, the church is trying to get money just for the sake of getting, we don't, we don't want your money. We want you to be blessed. We want you to be a blessing. We want you to experience the protection of God. We want you to experience the joy of God. If we were here for money, we'd be selling some kind of product, holy water, um, <laughs> fresh bread. Wine is something. We we try to produce something. But what we try to do is give people an opportunity to experience the presence of God and the blessing of the Lord that only comes from by obeying his word. We only try to do what's in this word, church. It's only what's in this word. And when you do what the word says, it produces blessings. Everything, heaven and earth will pass away, but this word will forever stand. So if God said he's going to do it, he will do it. So that's why people can walk around being blessed. Then the next thing he says, your fruit will not fall off, the grapes will not fall off the vine before it's time. The protection that God wants to give you is that, Things won't happen to you out of season. Your fruit will remain till the proper season. What does that mean? All right. How comfortable would you be giving an eight-year-old the keys to your car to drive to the grocery store? Nobody in their right mind would do that because it's out of the time, out of season. But when they're older, maybe not 16, maybe, I don't know. Depends on the kid. When they're older, you'll be more willing to let them go do that because you, they've matured. It's the right time. It's the right season in their life. See, when you trust God in your tithes and your offering, you're saying, God, protect me so that I can do things in the right time and in the right season. Can I get an Amen. That you, because do you understand if you do something out of season or if you pick something a little bit too early, it can do more damage than good? So God protects us in so many different ways. And then he says, wraps it all up with this and says, The nations will call you blessed. The reason I can stand before you today. To say all this is because I give to the Lord. We give Me and my wife, we give to the Lord. What we give is none of your business, but we give our offerings. We give our tithes. You don't have to go about, in fact, you shouldn't be going around telling everybody how much you've been given or how much you're going to give for. That, that will be your reward. You don't need to know all the stuff that we do in secret. We give in secret. We, we do things in secret, and God will openly reward us for what we've done. But I need you to understand... That when you give all of these things, I've tried it, church. There's people in this. I can point to people around this room, and I'm sure people can share testimony after testimony how God has blessed them so much. We have to get to this place. People will know that you are blessed. Nations will call you, call you blessed. The bottom line is when you give your tithes, when you give your offering, when you give your first fruit. And especially, I'm, I'm making a big point about the tithes because it's a consistent thing. A tithe is just not a one thing. Oh, I gave my 10%. I'm, I'm moving on. No. The, from whenever you get income, you give your tithe. It is a, remember, loyalty and kindness. If you are loyal to God with your tithes, that will give you long life. It will for, bring you a fulfilling life. And so, when you give your tithes, there is a blessing that the Lord sustains you. And for some of us, we need that kind of, we need that in our lives because we feel like things are all rocky and out of place. But the thing about it is, when you give your tithes, the Lord sustains you, He keeps you. So, everything else in the world might be going crazy, but if you say, God, Remember, giving is a form of trust. God, I trust you. It don't matter what the job says. They say they're closing down departments, but I'm going to trust you. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter how much the gas goes up, I'm going to trust you. If i got to walk to work, I'll walk to work, but I'll trust you. If i got to do this, I'm going to trust you. And when you do that, God will bless you. He will bless you. Because there's a sustaining blessing that comes upon you when you give your tithes. And so some people might struggle with giving. If we're just going to be honest, some of us struggle. It's hard, especially when you're accustomed to a certain lifestyle. Maybe God might tell you, you got to give up them nails for a little bit. Excuse me. You might have to give up that weekly shopping spree. I don't know who I'm talking to. You might need to take that credit card off of Amazon for a little bit. Rework the budget. You might need to rethink some things and give God only the best. Give God the first. Show him how much you trust him. And love them. You try to do it in all the other areas, but if you miss out on this area, you're missing out on so many other things that God wants to do for you in your life. Amen? Amen. God will sustain you for years to come. Give, and it will come back to you. Press down, shaking together, running over. And so some of us, we might need to repent of the mindset that we've had. Some of us might even have a mindset like Cain. We've just been giving God some. God, when I get a little extra something, I'm gonna remember you. Now, God knows your heart. I I mean, if you don't know, you just don't know. But now you know. So you can't tell God, well, I never knew. He can be like, we're gonna replay what happened on April 3rd, 2022. Can y'all pull that up on the screen, please? And you can't say you didn't know that, that this is what God wants us to do because this is his word. I showed you his word. Can I get an amen? Yes. Now, all we have to do is follow his command. And God is so loving. He's not, he's not mad at you. Listen, the past is a past. You got to forget the past. You know, some people have to actually release some, their past. Some people grew up in churches where people were mishandling money. You know, they said they were were doing a fundraiser for this mission trip, and then, you know, something crazy happens. That money never makes it there. And let me tell you something. When you give to God, you give to God. Just because a man mishandled something doesn't mean that they stole your blessing. If you did it in good faith and you trusted the Lord, God is going to take care of you. And you know what? God is going to judge them for mishandling the money. So you don't have to go knock them out. God will take care of them. You don't have to be mad, well I'm not giving no church no more because they take so and so money and blah, blah, blah. no no no. Listen, you are missing out on your blessing. You find a church, you get plugged into a church and you sow and you give to the Lord and let the Lord take care of everything else. So today I'm praying that God will bring healing and restoration to some people because that could be really a sore point in life because you're like, I don't know who I can trust. But you got to trust God. You got to trust God. What are you going to do? Neglect the word of God? You're just going to say, well, God, I'm not going to do this part of the word? Jesus. Jesus. So we have to forgive people. We have to ask God to take away a Cain mentality. The spirit of Cain of just, I'll just give God some. I'll figure out what I'll do with the rest. Don't be like Cain. Don't be angry and dejected when you have an opportunity for God to change you around. We've all missed the mark. i tell you the truth. We all miss the mark. We all can struggle and, and say, you, life is real. Stuff comes up. You got to figure out how to, you're going to do stuff. But if you don't have your trust in God, what, who do you have your trust in? Let me tell you something. When you give to God, God can bless you in ways that you never even imagine. And that problem you've been working on years to get rid of, in one moment God can change it around if you trust him. So today, I'm making a charge for everyone here under the sound of my voice, those watching online, those that are listening to me. What is God telling you to do? What is the command of the Lord over your life? Have you been faithful in your giving, in your tithes? Will you seek God for what you're supposed to give during this first fruit offering and how are you going to assign what you're going to give how are you going to place your trust in God this season because God wants to do something mighty in your life but some things will not happen until a seed is released and in life you'll you'll get opportunities but don't miss out on those opportunities Don't say, well, I gave before, and I didn't really see the return that I was looking for. Are you still living? Aren't you still breathing? And if you were honest with yourself, if you look back over your situation, were there some impossible stuff that you came out of? Some of that stuff could have been only because the seed that you sowed. Would you please stand with me today? Next Sunday, Palm Sunday, is going to be the day we're going to be taking up a first fruit offering. And God deserves only the best. And I want to encourage you today to really seek the Lord, maybe by yourself, if you're married with your spouse, and ask the Lord, what is it that you would want me to give, how would you want me to sow the seed to express my gratitude and trust in you, God? What way can I honor you and say, I'm putting you first in my life? For some of you, God might do what He put on me, He might say, Give me everything you have in that account, and let me take it and do what I want to do, and I will bless you. Maybe you're saying give a week's of, of your pay or a month of your pay I don't know what it is but the fact of the matter is if you're obedient to the command of the Lord it will produce blessing try it try him today try him out and see what he will do so pray ask the Lord and maybe you're hearing you're struggling maybe you're listening and you're struggling in giving and you're saying God, Give me the grace to start giving again, or maybe for some of you for the very first time. And watch the hand of the Lord remain and sustain you all the days of your life. Yes, you may have given before and you fell off the bandwagon, but today God is calling you to to turn your mindset around and to try again. I mean, he's given us an opportunity like he gave Cain. And it's up to us whether we're going to accept that opportunity or we're going to reject it like Cain did. But if you accept that opportunity, man, I am so thrilled at what God is getting ready to do in your life. Because you're going to experience something that you've never experienced before. And for some of you, it might just be financial peace. With every eye closed and every head bowed in this place. I want to pray for the church at large that God would speak to us and show us what we need to do, what we need to give and how we are to trust God. But there are some that might be in this room and that might be watching online that you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You haven't followed him and you haven't given God all of your life. and Before you can make this this decision, this plan to even receive and put into action to give unto the Lord, you have to give your life unto God first. Today is the day to make things right between you and God. That God can bring healing. That God can bring restoration. He can help you forgive what's going on in the past. And I believe that God will do it today. So if you're in here, and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, on the count of three, I want you to lift your hands up high, okay? One, two, three. I see your hand. I see your hand. Anybody here want to make that decision to give God your life? Give Him your all. Those of you watching online, you can partake too. I want to pray a prayer of salvation. If that's you, if you raise your hand and you want to make a commitment to giving your life to Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to come down to the altar and we want to pray with you. So if that's you, if you, if you want to, I want you to take that step of faith to come and we'll pray. I give myself away. I give myself away. So you can I give, I give myself away. Amen, amen. God bless you. Come stand right here. Anybody? Else? Hallelujah. I give myself away. So you so you can I give myself away. Come on, anybody else responding to the call of the Lord right now? You say, I want to surrender my life to Jesus give myself away, so, you so you can, can use me. Use I you give myself. Give myself away, Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Lord. I give myself. Give myself away. Amen. So you can use God bless me. you. We're going to pray, if you would, just pray this prayer with me today. And those of you that are believers, just go ahead and join us as we pray this. Those watching online too, you can pray this prayer too, wherever you're at. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I ask Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Forgive me of every sin. Cleanse me and make me whole. Show me what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I acknowledge that Jesus Christ died on the cross for me and rose again with all power in his hands. Thank you for what you've done for me. I give myself to you. Do what you would like with my life. In Jesus' my name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, give God a shout of praise. Listen, we have some people that want to get your information and bless you with a couple things and encourage you as you make these decisions so you can follow them. God bless you. And I just want to pray right now for those that have been struggling with giving and those that are trying to figure out what they should give in this first fruit season. And some of us, we might need to repent and ask the lord to change our minds from the ways that we used to think and ask that god will give us a new heart and a new spirit when it comes to giving to him that we can trust him so we're gonna pray father in the name of jesus i ask lord god that you would give every person the ability to to receive the the right mindset when it comes to giving, when it comes to sowing, when it comes to surrendering to you. God, I come against a spirit of Cain that will try to have people be angry or dejected or feeling like uh, they don't have the best or can't give the best. God, I ask that you will give us the spirit like Abel have to give you the very best and the first. God, I pray that you would speak divinely to us to show us exactly what it is that you would want us to give. Even those that own businesses and, and are trying to make way to do some new things, may you give them a number that they need to sow in order for that business to take off and to grow. And Lord, I pray that it would be clear. I pray that it would be direct from you that you would bring husbands and wives together and that they will be on the same page. And God, I ask that there will be supernatural blessing that will happen for the people that walk out and stand out in faith because they're believing that you're going to do great and mighty things. And Father, we ask these things in Jesus' mighty, wonderful name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. Thanks again for listening to our Faith Church Podcast. We are so glad you chose to listen to this message. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to receive notifications when we release new content. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Faith Church Rock to find out more information about what is currently happening at Faith Church.